0: Welcome to the happiest episode yet of Half Street High Heat. Our gnats are going to the NLCS, which I can't even believe I just said that sentence. Um I am joined as always by my cynical but proved to be wrong co-host, Nick and Ryan. <laughs> you can find them on Twitter at @DCNatjack. I should tell you mine too at @white7877 and the show at Half Street High Heat. Hello gentlemen. How was your week?
1: That wasn't the best <laughs> intro we've ever received.
0: No, you guys were wrong. I just want to point out, who picked the Nats to beat the Dodgers? Just me.
2: Just you me. You said, actually, actually before the wild no, card you episode, didn't. you said, and I quote, I don't see a way that the Nats can beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers are going to win.
0: Yeah, you yeah I did, them but pick I then am win the win only one. Card. No,
1: you never picked them to beat the Dodgers.
0: All right, well, maybe I'm wrong. Crap. <laughs> you are. <wrong. laughs> I was all ready well, to quote. You,
1: well, now you're cynical, but proven wrong. How's it
0: feel? There you go. Fair enough. It feels the same pretty much as the whole season. Like never been happier <laughs> to be better. wrong. <laughs> uh, you better watch your ass.
2: <laughs> but yeah, a little a man, early Amanda in the pod to be getting
0: into an argument.
2: <laughs> Amanda threatened someone when she was a kid, so
0: I'm watching that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I did. It's true. You better, better watch out. So we, uh, you know, I don't think a single pundit. Not certainly not us, and nobody else picked the, the Nats to go to the NLCS after that start. And I just kept thinking back during that that game five, like to to early in the season when we were all like, there's no way they could possibly make the playoffs at this point. They should trade everybody and blah blah. blah. And I'm so glad to be wrong.
2: And they won a playoff series. And they I know, roommates. and no
0: one
1: can ever say again
0: but the Nets have never won a playoff series we never have to hear anyone say that ever again
1: my my favorite thing was that tweet where it was all the nl east and their most recent playoff series win and now the braves have the longest playoff series win drought in all of the nl east
0: Um, yeah the tweet was yesterday so it said that (laughs) That that's fantastic Absolutely, and seeing the Braves lose in such humiliating, horrible fashion. Yeah, it was wasn't just even good close. good for my soul. It was yeah.
1: not even close. Love
0: it. Am I alone that I felt a little twinge for the Dodgers, actually? Like, we know that pain, and I, it was nice to be on the other Absolutely. end of it for once, but I did actually get a twinge for Clayton Kershaw, if you can believe it. Yeah, that's um, what I was yeah.
1: just going to say. When I heard Kershaw's comments, I was like, Oh man, now it doesn't seem as fun.
0: <laughs> I know you're See, ruining it, Clayton Kershaw.
1: <laughs> I don't care. Like pitch better. Sucks,
0: suck. But
1: like, the, yeah, the I know. The the Rendon home run was not a bad pitch at all. The Soto No, run it really was.
2: Wasn't. The, the Soto home run was a complete slider right down the middle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, he completely missed his spot in the Soto one, but the Rendon one, he hit his spot. It was down. Rendon was just, I mean, we know he's a great hitter. He went down and got it. So that's not necessarily his fault at all, but yeah, it, it, yeah. it's on him regardless. Joe Kelly lost the game, but Clayton Kershaw was the one who blew it. He also should have yeah, been but... pitching, um, take back computers, because Dave Roberts made that
2: decision based on the analytics before the game. Um, but don't go past the, the save, and Kershaw got to save by striking out Eaton, so he should have gone with Maeda. Yep. If he does, Nats don't win that game. So shout out to the computers and
1: Dave Roberts for getting outmanaged. By Dave
0: Thanks, yep. Dave Roberts.
1: And, <laughs> I mean, the fact that they didn't go Kenley Jansen until the game was legitimately lost, that was a weird one. The fact that they went Joe Kelly for a second inning, another weird one. Um, the fact that they didn't go that lefty against Soto after Kershaw had already given a run, yeah, that was uh-huh.
0: yeah, and
1: that was a weird one. So Soto I mean, has not yeah, seen that guy well at all, right? Then mm-hmm. the a 100 percent earned it, but the Dodgers definitely lost it too. Dave Roberts definitely yeah. lost it. it goes yeah, it was an, it
0: was a really interesting series of decisions late in that game that I know will get picked apart a thousand times in the off season. Um, by the LA media because there's nothing else yeah, to, to talk about now. Yeah, that's their problem now.
1: They were, they were. Right, part but I don't want to take
0: away what the what the Nats did there either. I mean, Howie coming up in a spot like that and just waiting Way on that
2: pitch. Way the bounced back.
0: And, oh man, after that series, and I want to do my mea culpa. I, didn't see, I did it on Twitter a little bit already, but I was ready to not see Howie anymore after the hard series he had defensively. I wanted him out of that game and I was wrong. Sorry, Howie yep. Kendrick.
1: No, I was exact, in exactly the same boat. I mean, I was in, uh, it was me and my girlfriend there, and she doesn't know baseball that well. She's getting into it, but I was rip, rip, <laughs> ripping Howie apart the entire game. And literally right before the grand slam, she's just like, be nice. Believe in Howie. And then, of course, he hits the grand slam. Because, like, of course. Nice.
0: Of course. Well, so, done. I mean, he had, well done.
1: He had five errors in the
2: entire series. He let countless runs come in because of that. He had terrible base running mistakes. And the mm-hmm. game came to him. And now none of that matters because he came through the matter most. Like, when it came off the bat, I was like, sweet, that's a sack fly. But it went to the so same did, right, spot that's where I he just missed his home run. It was a grand slam. Yep.
0: And you know what? I saw something. I don't remember who wrote it, but I was like – Just wallowing in all of the coverage the next morning, and somebody had written something about Howie, and they said, "When history remembers this, nobody except the hardest of the hardcore fans are going to remember the base running mistake or the defensive errors earlier in the series. All anybody is going to remember twenty years or fifty years from now is that grand slam in that moment."
1: Because history has
0: made himself a Nats legend with that. The
1: unlikely playoff hero, Howie Kendrick.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was quite a moment, and Nick was there, for those of you listening who don't know, so we're going to hear about all about that, but first, Ryan, you want to give us the best week in review ever?
2: Yes, so
0: <laughs> while the Nats
2: and the Braves are playing in the playoffs, there are some loser teams in divisions. I don't care about the Marlins. No one cares about the Marlins, so they're not getting an update. We're going to jump to the Mets, who? The Wilpon. And uh, their GM, EVW, met with Mickey Calloway and went over their plans for their list of targets and how they want to approach the offseason, which makes it seem like, all right, he's going to be their guy. So Mickey Calloway left that meeting thinking, you know what, I'm going to be here next year. Well, he got fired on his day off about three days later. Mickey <laughs> Calloway can. So shout out to the Mets for whatever, I don't, I don't know, now that guy knows what they want to do this off season. Um, they are going to be looking at Joe Girardi and other people, but that is a big market Beltran too. job. Beltran, yep, that's a big market job with a team that wants to win now, so that's going to be very attractive in the off season. and that is not the only opening. Um, the Phillies, after the GM failed his season, they're so going to spend stupid money, did not spend the money correctly. Emphasis on the stupid there. Um, he asked everyone in the organization, how they feel about gabe tapler many phillies reporters like oh the players love gabe tapler he's going to be here next year fire gabe tapler is out that position is not going to be as attractive as the mets but they are looking at dusty and buck show for that position please hire dusty and then we move to the Braves, <laughs> who lost in five games to the St. Louis Cardinals, and I want to give a round of applause to every single Braves fan who ran their mouth all year long thinking this team was different, and guess what? You got embarrassed in five games. Congratulations, everyone. But no, no, Braves fans, you guys can celebrate the fact that you now hold the record for the most consecutive first-round exits in MLB history. You've lost 10 straight uh, (laughs) division series, including uh, one wild-card game. Every game, every series, you choke. The Marlins have won more playoff series since 2001 than you guys have. You guys have not Ah. won playoff series (laughs) since 2001, and I am going to let every single Braves fan, fan hear it after everything they talk. And then we move to the Nationals, the only team left in the NL East. Um, they played the wild card game that was not very wild at all. Juan Soto did not have the biggest hit of his life and at that moment in Nationalist history. Juan Soto did, though, defeat racism. Shout out, Josh Hader. <laughs> You're canceled. You're never going to want to come back to Nats Park ever again. I lost my voice for three days. It was amazing. And then came a five-game hard-fought series where Davey actually shined and showed that, hey, I could be a pretty good manager. If I just keep using these same six pitchers over and over again, then that's an <laughs> epic fashion in game five when their first ever playoff series, and they're going to take on the Cardinals, where this will be Davies' true test to see how he can manage a terrible bullpen that you can't hide in a seven game series. And that is the NLC in review.
0: Wow. What's left of it, which is just our what is left of it. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe? Unbelievable. I seriously keep – I just keep thinking how unlikely this is that we're that we're having this conversation right now about an NLCS appearance oh, no, for this team.
2: They are these. this is the farthest any team has gone when they've been 12 games or under in, like, in, uh, in the season. The Dodgers are also – that's the most lost – the most wins a team ever had losing in the NLDS or the ALDS. Every team that's won yeah. over 100 games has moved on, except for the Dodgers. Sucks to suck. Like we said earlier. Sorry, Kershaw, great guy, but
0: Yeah. So uh yeah, I know. I felt a little bad for him, but I, I'm still going to wallow in this because it feels like it feels like a David and Goliath story. You know, the Dodgers were everybody had just anointed them the, the NL pennant early in the season and uh it sure feels good. Even even if the Nats don't get past the Cardinals, it feels good to have knocked off the Dodgers. the, so one. <laughs> yeah, we got one. So uh, we just talked a little bit about the wild card. Um, Brian, I know you were there. I was there. I also lost my voice for days afterwards. And then again, after I went to game three, which did not go the Naps way. But the luckiest among us is Nick, who was at the Dodgers game, at Dodger Stadium for game five for mm-hmm. the Grand Slam. So give us the rundown and <clears throat> tell us all about it.
1: So first, let me uh, like start off by saying, Dodger Stadium, beautiful, but literally as far as parking, like we, um, Natchez ranked the stadiums earlier this year and Dodger Stadium was high up there. And for that reason, uh, for like the the stadium itself, it's high. Parking absolutely sucks. Uh, Dodger Stadium, for those of you who don't know, is on top of a hill and it's kind of like football field parking where all the parking lots are surrounding the stadium. And that's basically all the parking you're going to get because it's on top of a hill. So unless you want to park at the bottom of like a a small mountain and walk up, you're not really going to have much else uh, option wise. So we're caught in traffic. Uh, We're driving up from Oceanside, which is a little bit north of San Diego. So it's about two hours of traffic. Um, but it took us like an hour to get into the stadium. Once we got to the parking lot, it was brutal. So I got there um, after the it was top of the third. So at that point, the Dodgers are up three zero. Um, and let me just yeah, say that once I got there, Nats won seven zero. So clearly, I did something right. Um,
0: better be at all the next games then. You better get yourself yeah. to the stadium.
1: Oh, so if someone wants to pay them or pay for me to go, I will happily oblige. <laughs> um, but it, it was kind of funny because I was looking around, like trying to see if there's any other Nats fans around. And it was like, if you look at every section, you could see like one or two red shirts or red hats. No more, no less. What left. did you like wear? Every... I wore my uh, Scherzer Nats, um, uh, all-star jersey from last year. Um, nice. so I, I mean, I was wearing red, so you could tell it. Uh, I got plenty of booze, but that's fine. I, I, I let my team do the talking for me. Um, but it it was crazy because as soon as I got there, uh, and like sat down and actually started watching the game, I think it was Howie who hit that ball and Bellinger had that catch in center field. And I, I kind of mm-hmm. thought to myself, I was like, Oh man, this is not going to go well. <laughs> like, Oh jeez. Um, and I kind of just remained like that daughter stadium was insane. I will give the fans credit. They were loud. They, uh, they were intimidating for sure. Um, it it was definitely a home field advantage. Uh, but I mean, obviously, even when um was it Soto who had the, the RBI to score the first run, um, that was like obviously crucial into uh math open comeback, but Dodger Stadium didn't really let it affect them. Uh, I mean, that was off of Bueller. Bueller was still dominant. He threw like 120 pitches. It was insane.
0: Yeah, Um, he was so good.
1: Yeah, but Dodger Stadium, they were still like in it, still going until Clayton Kershaw. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Kershaw got the last out of the seventh and fans were hyped. Uh, I mean, just because he got that last out, people thought that Like, playoff Kershaw was, like, no more. And then this was, like, the real Kershaw. And then he faced uh, Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto, and it did not go so well. Wow. Oh, man.
0: Tell us, what happened when he faced Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto? (laughs)
1: Like, I'm sure we've all been in a stadium and been a part of when a stadium goes silent because something just absolutely terrible goes wrong. What?
0: Snap uh, fans uh, are, have happy. experienced yeah. that, you
1: think? That's a- <laughs> right. But it it was such a different moment. One, being on the d- other side of it, like cheering the thing that went wrong for most everyone else. And two, being in Dodger Stadium with that many people, it was just like such a larger scale hearing them go silent and realizing that, oh, no, we're in trouble <laughs> again because of Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> like, it was uh-huh. just... And I'm just, like, at that point, I mean, I, I felt okay celebrating. I mean, I was sitting high up, and I didn't want to get pushed over the ledge or anything. But I, I felt <laughs> more okay celebrating because, like, obviously we just hit back-to-back home runs to tie the game off uh, one of the best pitchers in MLB history. Um, So I was, I was cheering, but I was like, the Nats can easily blow it. This could easily turn into a bullpen game. I'm not going to do too much. So I just sat back down, happy, blah, blah, blah. I will say I was extremely nervous to see Hudson pitch because he got hit very hard.
2: That was, uh, his, was his third,
1: third time in the series. Yeah, it was just like a couple of atom balls. So right at people, thank God. But I mean, they oh, were Oh, in that moment where will the ball Smith went ball. all the way to the wall.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 and they were like, oh, I will saw all the Dodgers Smith climbed over the railing and tried yeah. to... Like, thought it was a walk-off. I was about to just, like, weep in my living room watching it.
1: Yeah, I would have gotten ruined if Will Smith had actually hit that ball out. Because, like, I mean, I was more loud than I had been earlier in the game. Uh, obviously, after the, the back-to-back home runs. And I was Bellinger struck out again. And I kept saying, not my MVP. And Dodgers, <laughs> not like that. Nice, <laughs> um, Nick. <laughs> so... Yeah, Will Smith had that ball, and, yeah, all the air and all my soul just got, like, sucked out of me. But then I realized uh-huh. Eaton caught it, and I was like, I oh, just exhaled. Um, But, of course, it came to, down to freaking Adam Eaton to catch that ball. And, right. I mean, well, he sort what, of what redeemed what was,
0: himself for the three-pitch strikeout to Kershaw. The
1: previous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he has he two hits he, in the playoffs so far. Yeah, certainly wasn't the brightest spot of the series. Um <laughs> no. But then – Obviously, you get into extra innings, and I was just – it was literally my my nightmare. Like, I had, like, reservations about going to the game in general just because it was a game five. And had this game five been in D.C., I probably would not have gone. But it was just because I was in California. It was a doable um, thing as far as, like, our schedule, and we didn't have anything planned. And I was like, when am I going to get the chance to do this again? It's in L.A. Let's just go. So, like, I had super high reservations about going. And then, of course, it goes into extra innings, and it's our bullpen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And then, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, maybe it was different on TV, but from where I was sitting way up above, Rendon and Soto are just, like, gods. Like, they I, – I don't understand how they're that good at baseball. I, I just truly don't. Because when Rendon came up, I just felt so calm and confident. I was like, "Oh, he's he's gonna murder this pitch," and he did. He was just missed a home run, and then Soto they intentionally walked in. But like, I had zero doubts, and it was like the most confident I've ever felt as an Nats fan. And it was. What great.
0: about when Howie came up? How did you feel with the bases loaded, nobody yeah. out, and Howie at the plate? Well, I, I, I adjusted my expectations
1: to. Like, oh, a sack fly, maybe a single, even I mean the infield was in, so a gr- or a double play like they're gonna shoot four and probably get that at home, so that's obviously you're you're hoping for something in the air, but i I felt good about howie at least making contact, and then he put a charge into that ball, and like Ryan said, I thought it was a sack fly,
0: so and did was, I. I just, did not think just, that ball yeah. was going out.
1: It just kept carrying and carrying, and as the ball kept carrying, I, like, slowly, like, rose from my seat, just slowly stood up. <laughs> and then – because cause before, I, I stood up when uh, Howie hit that ball and Bellinger caught it with that amazing defensive play. I was like, oh, God, it – I mean, listen, it's a sack fly, but it has a chance, so I just slowly stood up and then went over, and I lost my mind. I <laughs> lost my mind. And, I mean, literally, I swear, the ball, like, cleared the fence, and half of Dodger Stadium left. Oh, it was so Oh, you could see that on
0: TV. And The moment, I don't know if you could see it from your seat, Nick, but on TV, my favorite thing was how Bellinger runs back to try to get it, and it goes over the wall, and he just stays there for a second with both his hands and his face, like, pressed up against the wall. Like, the moment he realized it was gone. I I didn't
1: see that part because I was, like, losing my mind. What were you saying, Ryan? EBS was really behind, and so Nick, like, I was trying to hide my phone
2: because Nick was texting me, like, a little before, and I looked I at my phone for the pitch, and all I saw in all cats was, oh, my God, and I was like, great, he grounded into a triple play somehow, and then the ball just kept going. <laughs>
1: That's so Nat's fan mind. of us,
0: to assume it's a triple play instead of assume it's a grand slam, right?
1: <laughs> and I, I was like trying to stay off my phone and like be in the game be in the moment but i was just like losing my mind and like there was no nats fans around me to like like celebrate high with. Five like yeah. I, yeah no one to high, high five themselves nothing like i could run to the section over but like that's it like there was no one around me so i was just losing my mind so i was texting ryan like after every little thing and i was like trying to see who was in the bullpen who was coming in next blah 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 um but yeah how we hit that ball and it was just crazy and it was funny because like from where i was sitting you could see over the left field fence to where people were exiting the parking lots and all you saw was the red lights from cars leaving the stadium it was so good it's so good and, and the seats in dodger stadium are yellow for whatever reason so it's like painfully obvious when there's not fans in the seats so it was just like it turned from blue to white to like basically majority yellow and like some red sprinkled in and it was so funny Oh, it's so funny. And I had a a couple of reservations when uh, Doolittle came in just because I have a love-hate relationship with Doolittle, but I felt pretty good because it seemed like the life was kind of sucked out of the Dodgers at that point. Um, And and the most anticlimactic end to the game ever. Like Taylor had a great catch, but didn't. <laughs> he didn't like, even he react. Got up <laughs> Yeah, he didn't. I yet. know. He just
0: like he looked like he's like guys. I, I caught it. It was and I but I had a moment too where I was like, did that bobble? Was it was it a catch? Did it hit the right, ground? Like what it, happened? It never
1: hit the ground. And I so but like, you I couldn't I really see that until the replay, you know. So it was right. like right yeah. like I, I was recording it on the last out on my phone and like i didn't react and i was like was it a hit like I, I don't understand and he started walking in and he like just held up his glove a little bit but didn't react wasn't celebrating and i was like <laughs> what and then but well, it saw, was so like, funny <laughs> yeah it was just so annoying but i mean it was a good play it was just like not the reaction i would have expected and of course it's michael freaking taylor but <laughs>
0: Just was, like we all predicted, Howie Kendrick with the grand slam and Michael Taylor yeah. to shut the door. Just and like Michael we all predicted. It was that, right? playing well.
1: a surreal experience. It was insane. Uh, that is my World Series. Uh, and oh, yeah. It, the best part about going to a game in enemy, enemy territory and of that magnitude is that if your team wins, any other fan in the stadium, like you're boys with for life. So like I was walking right. through <laughs> people, people with Nats jerseys are just coming up, like dapping me up, knuckle touch, like we just say go Nats, go Nats. Like the, just you're you're you have that bond for life. You survived enemy territory. Your team won. Your team prevailed, and now you're boys for life. It, it was how it was many great. I uh, saw, Nats fans I saw do you people think were in there? What when... jerseys? Um, nice. I, I saw the cap jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, I that saw that them on funny. TV too um so after the game and like they were celebrating on the field and stuff uh, a bunch of fans went behind the the visiting dugout and were kind of cheering on the team and there was a group of probably like 50 um I, obviously that wasn't all the Nats fans because some probably left like we didn't uh go down to the the field level we left uh because our car was right there but um there I mean in total, there was probably less than 200 like it was packed with Dodgers fans. Like I didn't know a visiting team could have so few fans at a home baseball game as a Nats fan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is an awesome breakdown. Thank you for letting us all live vicariously through you, getting to see that. I'm insanely jealous. Hopefully we'll all get to go to a game where the Nats clinch another playoff series, hopefully in D.C. in front of the home crowd.
1: I don't know. I might retire on top. I I, I got lucky here, so I might go out a champ.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, there is something to be said for that, I suppose. All right. Well, uh, I know you have things you need to do, so thank you. Are you going to stay with us for the NLDS breakdown, or are you going to jump off? No,
1: I got to run, but I know uh, the rest of the show is in in very capable hands, so uh, you guys got it.
0: All right. Enjoy the rest of your trip. Safe travels home. We'll talk to you soon. Later, guys. All right. So, bye to Nick. And that was an awesome, awesome story. It was so nice to hear about that. So, let's talk about the other games. We all know uh, what happened in game five. But there, there were some other things to talk about. There were some issues which are overshadowed by the fact that they won. But there were definitely some things to talk about. What were your kind of takeaways from the series?
2: Um, so Anthony Rendon got off to a very slow start. And I was, I was a little worried about that because Rendon and Soto are the key to how far this team goes. If Rendon mm-hmm. and Soto are on, like we saw in the games they won, this, this lineup is extremely deep. We saw it in the wild card too. Those two back to back create havoc for the other pitchers. Like, I mean, Juan Soto had, Huge hits against Josh Hader and Clint Kershaw. Those are two of the toughest lefties in the entire league to get hits off of. And he did it's that. Unbelievable against both what that of them. kid does. Oh, he's he's unbelievable. Like, it's insane. Um that that was good. Um, it was really good to see Zim hit that three run home run. Um, I we've all been tough on Zim. I've been really tough on Zim this year, regardless how you feel about his future and everything to the club it was really good to see Ryan have like his one shining moment, Mr. National, Mr. Franchise hit that three run home run and kind of secure that win. I thought that was, that was really good to see. And it was, it just, that was a feel good moment.
0: It was. And we could all breathe again with that kind of a cushion. You know what I mean? It was like, okay. Yeah. It was a fabulous moment. You know, we all have talked so much about Zimmerman and what the future holds, but right now, who cares what the future holds like we've got a shot to get to the damn world series and he's part of it. So go Zim! That yeah. was an awesome moment.
2: Um, and One thing that really Turner and Eaton kind of bothered me the series like Turner. I know Turner's numbers are pretty good, but him and Eaton need to get on more consistently in front of Rendon and Soto. Um, yeah. And also the Nats didn't steal once. Like, I understand how you have Trey Turner and Adamine and you don't steal.
0: Yeah, I that's in my notes to talk about, too. The lack of base stealing was surprising. It, it, it's, They're going to have to do it against the Cardinals. Like, they're going to yeah, have to manufacture runs against Cardinal pitching.
2: Yeah, and so, I mean, the fact that they did it against the Dodgers was a little surprising. The Dodgers stole five times. That's because they know Kurt Suzuki with his elbow or shoulder or whatever it was, and the fact that he already struggled throwing people out that was an issue um but i mean man like his on his on base was 381 and i'll give it to him there were a couple at bats where they needed something going and he got on like he got walked but yeah He's two hits including the wild card game and all five of the games like that's not good i think he's hitting like 135 top of the order he needs to get some hits
0: yeah, I would like to see more hitting from him, of course, but the on-base percentage is decent, and if, if he's on, I don't really care how. And he did have some yeah, big I mean, moments. He also had some bad moments, like the three-pitch strikeout in, oh, you know, was, in that inning. He where, was completely
2: yeah. overmatched against Kershaw. Yeah,
0: which, you know, was,
2: Kershaw is Kershaw. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, that happens, but I like uh, – the on-base is 381. That's good, but like to get some more hits. Um, he also can't really bunt, but – me the biggest story and like I know there's a question about this but all throughout the Nats playoff history we watched Matt Williams make terrible decisions a terrible decision just in the four game series they had and his defining mm-hmm. quote was he's our guy he's my eighth guy yeah and then back to back years we had Dusty again who was too loyal kept going by the book and his decisions lost the, the Nats series against the Cubs and the Dodgers and then we had Davey who he held them until the right moment in the wild card game he kept making the right moves with his pinch hitting in the right moments um and then he kept going with his big guys like his entire monster that entire series was i'm going to win and lose with my best guys like he used yeah. all the stars out of the bullpen and i know in mm-hmm. game 3 it didn't go very well with Corbin but that was still the right decision at the time cuz you know Sanchez has a 940 OPS against the third time through the order. The Dodgers are already starting to, like, square up on him the inning before. So, if he went out there again, it would have been an absolute disaster. Um, Anyone else in the bullpen, they blow that. And he kept going to them, and that made me so happy that just – he went to Rodney twice, right? Yeah, when it was kind of – they were losing, they're out of it. That was the right time to go to them. I'd like to see that in NLCS, but that's not going to happen. Seven game series. But Davies pitching management this
0: series, brilliant. His best, for sure. I did have some things that I didn't I didn't like, some decisions that he made. But, agree. You know, And I always like to remind people, just because something works doesn't mean it was the right decision. And just because something doesn't yeah. work, it doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. And, like, Corbin is a perfect example in Game 3. That was the right decision that didn't work. But, yeah, I mean, you know, he, there were he some had things Corbin in go that in series. Yeah, exactly. And that was, I mean, what else are you going to do? Who are you going to bring in in that spot? You know, you didn't have a better option than, than Corbin. But there were a few things that, you know, I didn't I didn't agree with with but I, I don't even feel like we need to pick nits so much with Davey. I I have we've been killing him on this podcast all year and I think he's had some really, really poor decision making, particularly with bullpen usage. But this go one and oh today thing that they did is whatever it takes to win this game today that we have to win, we're gonna do it and then we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. I love that. I love that attitude. And I, even in this series, you can't do it quite as much because it's a seven game series. But I think that's what worked for them. And they really need to stick with that.
2: You know, I've been saying that for every time they make the playoffs, don't worry about the next game. Worry about this game. Like we saw Dustin yeah. do that in game four against the Dodgers. He pitched Joe Ross because he was like, I like the matchup that Max will have in game five when the Nats are up two games to one. And guys kept doing that. And, like, you can't think like that in the playoffs, and it blows my mind. You can't overlook
0: any opponent, and you can't overlook any game. No game is a given. I don't care who's on the mound. You 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 can't expect to win.
2: Exactly. Like, you have to take it inning by inning, game by game, moment by moment. And they finally did that. And what do you know? They won a playoff series with that attitude and that mindset, just only focusing on the moment.
0: And I will give Davey his props. He managed much better to me in this series than he has at any point in his tenure with the Nats. I uh, I was impressed by a lot of the decisions that he made. Some of them were, you know, some of them were kind of crazy, especially early in the series. And you were like, whoa, like the game one stuff. I was like, holy moly, what are we? Or game two. I mean, you know, he he made some really ballsy decisions that worked out, and uh, I'm I'm definitely willing to eat a little crow and give him credit on this one.
2: Oh, I will. I mean, you know, I, I don't like Davey. Like, that's, that's pretty obvious. Like, if you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to the podcast, I don't like Davey. I don't shy away from the fact that I don't like him. But right now, I'm giving him mad props because it's due. He did a great job. And, like, his decisions won the first two games that the Nats won. And mm-hmm. it has me having a little bit more confidence in Davey. Like I said before, this is the real test. Because you can't hide weaknesses in a seven game series. Like if the yes. Dodgers series was seven games, I don't know if they win that series just because how hard they had to ride Max, Corbin, Strass, Doolittle, and Hudson. I don't know if they yep. can get two more games out of them. And so now you got to start using the other guys that you avoided.
0: You do, for sure. And, you know, it does make you wonder, though, it kind of raises the question of what. This year could have been like, or what Davey could be like if he had a competent, a normal bullpen. bullpen to work with. Yeah, even a even a just okay bullpen. But the bullpen, in it, you know, to be fair, has been better of late. I did not like the decision to go to Rainey in game in, in that game. I did not like that decision. Oh, I at all. didn't either. It it worked out. And again, this is a perfect example of something that I think was the wrong decision, but it worked out. Um, I'm glad that obviously it went the way it did, but. You know, you you got to be able to go to you've got to be able to go to Rainey in a seven game yep. series like you have to. And you know, hopefully like, that outing that went really well for him is going to be a confidence booster, and and he can perform better than he did down the stretch. But there's nobody in that bullpen not named Hudson or Doolittle that really deserves to be trusted, and you're going to have to go to guys and just roll the dice and hope for the best.
2: Yeah, I mean Hunter Strickland, um, Hunter Strickland is statistically one of the five worst playoff pitchers of all time um i think he's given up like the second most playoff home runs ever and he's only pitched in like six or seven or eight innings um and i think it's so funny because like people forget when he was with the giants like he was supposed to be the next big thing and the next closer and then he ran into bryce harper and twice made a pay and they're like all right maybe hunter strickland shouldn't be the closer and then they kept throwing him in high leverage situations he kept blowing it So then Hunter Strickland's role kind of went into like, well, what is he? Because he can't handle high leverage situations. And during the regular season, he had moments where I thought like, you know what? Maybe, maybe he's a new
0: guy. Maybe, you know,
2: the whole anger management thing he did, all his Mm -hmm. rehab and everything. He's fine, but he's (laughs) still a liability.
0: (laughs) Narrator, he was not a different guy. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to see him on the roster, really. I oh, don't neither. think there's any situation in which you can go to him with any confidence, and so I would truly rather have fewer pitchers in the bullpen if you can't go to them and just lengthen the bench.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, I I agree. Like, I don't know what you can use. You can use him because, like, she hasn't. Shown I can't even that he conjure
0: can... a situation in my head where you would go to so, Hunter
2: Strickland. Like, it's like he he hasn't shown a moment ever in his career. When he could be trusted in the playoffs, and the playoffs are a whole different animal. Like who you yeah. are in the regular season doesn't translate. Look at Clayton Kershaw, and like Fernando Rodney. Like as much as I hate him, he has a playoff track record where he has experience. Yeah. He's been there, done that. So you can throw him out there. He's not going to be impacted by the big moment and 50,000 fans screaming and yelling because they want their team to do something. So yeah, I think that's true. And
0: Rodney's been inconsistent, but he also can throw all his pitches for strikes. You know, what I mean, he can he can change speeds. Like he can do stuff. He's a he's a he's had a long career and he knows how to pitch. And I would trust yeah. Rodney in a big in a big spot if you had to go to somebody in the bullpen because the you know everybody else was gassed and you didn't have a choice. I would much rather see Rodney than Strickland.
2: Yeah, I mean if if Hudson, Doolittle, rainy the starters are all gone everything, then, yeah, you know, I could be like, yeah, go to him. But I would. <laughs> if take you literally him have over... <laughs> no
0: other choice, then I could be doing it, yeah. I was like...
2: Yeah, I would take him over the other options in the bullpen.
0: All right, before we move on to talk about the upcoming series against the Cardinals, just want to remind all of you listening that we're doing this for the DMV Sports Network. Uh, you can find them at com or on Twitter at DMV underscore sn. That's also their Instagram handle at dmv underscore sn. Um, we are part of their library of podcasts about all the local teams. Be sure to check them out um, as well when you're going to download our latest episodes. And uh, please do leave us reviews. We always appreciate it. So let's talk cards, Ryan. What are your expectations, thoughts, feelings about this series?
2: Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited for this series. Like, this was a series I wanted. Um, I feel like it's just it's a good baseball series. I mean, the Cardinals are a historic franchise. You yes, have the Nats just won their first series, but also the Cardinals are the first demon. Like we all know it happened in twenty twelve and that kind of just set things off. When the Caps made their run, they slayed the first demon with the Penguins. And then the series after that, there was another element that kind of tied everything together with all their past demons. So, like, I'm excited for it. The team that started all this stuff, I mean, probably took away a World Series away from the Nats in 2012. They get to go up against them again. Whole new different team. I'm pretty excited about that. Be a really fun series the cardinals do have good starting pitching um their rotation matches up very very well with the naps um they they did release their starters i'll get that in a little bit but their bullpen especially carlos martinez has been terrible um yeah their bullpen kept the braves in it the entire series and the reason why that series went to five i mean carlos martinez got booed at
0: home
2: So when he came into it, so that is going to be
0: Yeah, that tells you something right there.
2: <laughs> oh, exactly. But the annoying thing about the the annoying thing about them is that with the Dodgers, they're lefty loaded. So you could bring in like Sean Doodler or Patrick Corbin for about three or four batters because they're their lefties. You can't really go matchups with this lineup because one through eight, they're going left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right the entire time. And that the Braves did say they kind of had an issue with that. So that is going to be fun. This is a really deep lineup. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I don't do whole series predictions. I am um, stopped doing my predictions because I was 8-0 in my DS series picks. But <laughs> um, we do have some pitching matchups announced. Tonight we got Sanchez versus Miles Mikolas. Tomorrow we got Scherzer versus Wainwright. Um, Flaherty's going game three. And then Hudson's going game four. The Nats are in a little – this is what I would do. If the Nats start uh, Strauss on game three, he's going on regular days rest, and then we have Strauss-Flaherty, amazing matchup. And then amazing game four, matchup. Great matchup. Game four, Matt, uh, Corbin goes on one extra day rest, and then doing that, you have Max and Strauss lined up for games five and six on full rest. So I think that would be the smart thing to do. Um,
0: that's what I expected is, them to do for sure.
2: Yeah, like get get Corbin an extra day of rest. He was kind of worked in the NLDS, but, I mean, this is it. <laughs> this is what a seven-game series is like. This is true October baseball. You know, you're going up against a team that's been to the NLCS, I think, five times last, like, ten years or so.
0: Yeah, that's uh, crazy. The Cardinals,
2: the Cardinals have been here, done that. The crowd's used to this. The crowd's going to be a factor. Um, and it's going to be in the 40s today and tomorrow, real October baseball, and I cannot wait for it to start.
0: I can't wait for it to get back to D.C. so we can get to a game. Did I see on Twitter that you already got your tickets for Game 3?
2: Game Game 3, I will be there. Um, I have the not gotten my are tickets, are tickets yet, printed, but I'm planning but on going. <laughs> I was I was looking at, like, I, I had, like, two sites open for Game 3, two sites open for Game 4, two sites open for Game 5, I was trying to plan it out, but then I was like, Strauss, Flaherty, game three, I'm going. I know. those are also the That's the one tickets, I, like I want to
0: go to. I'm <laughs> waiting yeah, I'm... to hope the ticket prices come down a little bit as we get closer to game oh, they time, will. but we'll see. They're, if the Nats lose one or two the of the time. first two games, they'll come, they'll come down.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, because, like, game that, four in LDS, <laughs> game four in LDS, tickets were, like, 40 and 50 bucks because they are down two games to one. Like, they were yeah. so cheap. The third part, the third ticket market, it's like so easy to like navigate or work. Those, those
0: prices are going to come down. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I hope that all of you people listening or as many of you as can get out to the ballpark. We need it to be, I'm sure it's going to be a sellout, but man, I got to tell you the the playoff games, especially the wildcard game that I've been to, they are raucous, fun, amazing baseball. And there's nothing like the atmosphere in a stadium for a playoff game. So if you haven't done it, this is the time, get some tickets and get down there. So what, you said you don't want to make a full prediction. What do you think for these first two games? Do you want to go that far? What do you expect to see tonight? I think Sanchez is going to give us a good start.
2: I do. And the thing with Sanchez, all you need from him is five innings and give up three runs or less. If your starter does that, you have a chance to win the game. Uh, I, I do think, though, since this one's on the road and that they are coming off where they just completely smacked the Braves, I think the Cardinals come out hot. Um, I think it's going to be close to the first five, but I think the Nats bullpen has a little hiccup, and I say the Cardinals win game one. But Max Scherzer did have his. This was honestly, okay, I forgot to say this earlier. His game four start was a legacy defining moment because his yeah. narrative was getting real close to playing Clint Kershaw's. He was 0 yep. 5 with a six year in elimination games, and he hadn't won a playoff start in his last 10 tries. So, like, his legacy was getting. Real yeah. close to that. It was on the and edge. the yep. on, Oh yeah, he he put the team on his back in that start. I expect Mad Max to do it again, and I think the series is tied one one coming back home to DC.
0: Yeah, I expect a one one split in in St Louis. Is you know obviously if they can win them both, that would be unbelievable. But I don't I don't know that that's realistic. Um, like you said, the Cardinals just went and absolutely destroyed the Braves, so I'm sure they're on a bit of an emotional high from that. Um, I do think, obviously, you know, we're not going to see Flaherty in these first two games, which is to our advantage, and they need to take at least one of them. But I, I take the Nats starting pitching over the Cards starting pitching all day long. I think we get to oh, see yeah. our Oh yeah, I, I, I twice. take the
2: Nats rotation also.
0: Yeah. So what about the bullpen though? Their bullpen has had some struggles as well, as you mentioned. Um, it, the Nats we we have well documented the Nationals bullpen struggles. I think that is the Achilles heel for both these teams, and with the Nats with the better starting pitching. Um I give them a slight edge there. Um I think the Cardinals have a slightly better bullpen situation, but it's gonna come down to the it's gonna come down to the offense. If the Nats bring the bats, I, I feel good about them in this series.
2: Yeah, I mean I didn't look at it like I haven't looked at it recently, but I know during the regular season the Cardinals bullpen was good. Um well then Martinez was also great pretty good in regular season. Look how he turned out. He blew a kiss and then blew the lead. Um, But Mm -hmm. they do have Andrew Miller, who they are going to use every single time Juan Soto comes up late in the game. So get used to Andrew Miller and that slider because you're going to see him a lot this series. Soto. I love Andrew Miller. He's not the same pitcher he was, but he's still like he's a he's a difference maker. And so I do give the slight edge to the Cardinals bullpen. I take Hudson and Doolittle over Martinez and Miller. But I think everything else and that bullpen, the Cardinals get the edge to. So they, I mean. Yeah, the middle again, relief
0: guys, most certainly.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're also not afraid to let their starters go. As we saw, Flaherty went into eight. Uh, Wainwright went into the eight. And then they let Flaherty in way too long when they're winning 13 to one. And then I think it was Hudson where they let him go into like the seventh or eighth inning. So the Cardinals will ride their, their starters as long as they can and they kind of have a tendency to leave them in too long. So if Mm -hmm. they're cruising early when the Nats start to come around, I feel like this lineup can take advantage of that when they're leaving their starter out one, too many batters, too many. But it's going to have to come from the bottom of the order. We've kind of seen recently Michael Taylor has been doing pretty well, but he went 0-4 in game five. He kind of reverted back to his old self. Jan Gomes. He did have one hit and two at bats. That's more than Kurt Suzuki's had the entire postseason. One of the catchers, please show up. I don't care who's playing, but for the I know that, I don't care about, who it is. Just someone,
0: <laughs> someone please. Can somebody please? Yeah, there's um. I think Soto obviously got his own uh his own limousine pitcher just for himself. Uh, yeah. from the Dodgers. They were they were going after him. You know that lefty lefty matchup. The whole thing. I think that. You know, Soto, though, he scares opposing managers and the fact that they have to account for him and how they manage their bullpen. Even before he's stepped into the box, he's having a huge impact on the game. And uh, the the pitches that he was able to turn around in that Dodger series, and of course in the wildcard game, are I mean, it's just crazy to think about. He, I, I don't have enough superlatives to describe what Juan Soto is doing right now. But, you know, the Dodgers tried to be so careful pitching to him. They, you know, Bueller didn't, you know, even Bueller, he he gets everybody, but, you know, even him, you could see that he was being very careful when he pitched to Soto. And I don't know. I just, I feel like Soto's our X factor, obviously Rendon as well. But when those two guys you mentioned earlier, when they're on, there's not much you can do with this lineup. But um, I I don't think Miller's going to be able to, you know, once Soto sees him a few times and figures him out, I think Soto's going to do what he's done all year, which is destroy lefty pitching.
2: I agree. I mean, he's, those are two guys that every manager circles. I mean, in years past, this lineup only had one guy that people would circle and avoid, but now we got two. So that's double yeah. that. And one's a righty, one's a lefty. So that adds a whole nother level of thought yep. to that. And so we have to figure out, do you really go matchup, matchup, or do you have one guy take on both of them? And that's a whole nother level thing in high strike situations that the Nats are adding to the managers. Um, so I think, you know, whoever's hitting fifth, they got to have a good series. Because if whoever's hitting yeah. fifth is not hitting, um, Soto's not going to get anything to hit. They're going to pitch around Soto consistently and just yeah. put them on base. They'll take because who's not that fast over if it's Howie or Zen behind them if they're struggling to hit. And same goes. Well, I mean, if Adam Eaton and Trey Turner aren't hitting, I mean, they're just going to go right after them and they're going to get yeah. more pitches even if they were hitting. But, like, if those top four are on, this could be a, a really, really great series for the Nats.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that top four has been pretty much the same all season. You've seen a lot of movement, and you know, with injuries and everything else and just moving around in the lineup with the, the guys in the bottom half of the order. But that top four, when they're on, they're – you know, that's a very, very difficult lineup. When Eaton and Turner are getting on base – and you've got to account for first Rendon from the right, and then Soto from the left. You know, it's a nightmare for opposing hitters. And even if you've got or opposing pitchers, I mean, and if, even if you've got somebody in the bullpen you feel like can take on Soto, you can't use the same guy in every game. Like Soto's in that lineup every day. You know, you're gonna have to go to guys you don't feel as comfortable with. And I don't know. I think Soto's gonna be the key. If Soto keeps doing what he's been doing, I don't know. You know, he's, he's got people on base in front of him. I, I don't know what you know. The Cardinals are. If I even want to say it out loud, they get past the Cardinals, you know, what other teams are going to do with Juan Soto?
2: So the Cardinals have actually released their lineup already. Ooh. So they're leading off with Dexter Fowler. They're going to have a switch hitter leading off. Um, Fowler has been pretty inconsistent at plate, but he had a pretty good NLDS, and they're followed up by Colton Wong. And then their three, four, five are Goldschmidt, Ozuna, Molina, that three, four, five basically won the NLDS for them. We saw them have huge hit after huge hit. Especially Molina kind of put, you know, his legacy back up on the map. And then sixth, they go Carpenter, and then Edmund, and then Paul DeYoung, and then with Mikolas batting ninth. So like I said, that's switch, lefty, righty, 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 lefty, switch, righty, righty. So basically mm, that can be lefty, tough. righty, lefty, righty, or righty, lefty. Um, their lineup like it creates issues for opposing pitchers, and it is a good lineup. They are pretty deep, especially their three, four, five. Because I mean, Goldschmidt and Ozuna had down years for their stand, for their standards, and offense yeah. is still pretty good. So that kind of worries me. But the Nats' starting pitching is good enough to neutralize anything. It's just gonna like. The, I, the bullpen fans decide this. And, like, I know it's really cliche to say because the bullpen decides every single playoff series in the history of ever, but it's true. Right. But these two teams really are 10. pretty
0: well matched otherwise. It really is a they new are. bullpen holds their crap together better kind of a series. Yeah.
2: I mean, both teams have a good lineup. Both of them have a good heart, the order. They both have good rotations. And then the bullpen's kind of a question mark for them. So, like, yep. I think this is a really, really
1: really um
2: balanced series i think this one's going to go six or seven games the astros are going to walk through the yankees in about four or five games so i think again another series the nats are in is going to be the more dramatic more intense
0: series yeah i think uh too even if i weren't a a fan of either of these teams this is going to just be an amazing series this nats cardinals is going to be must watch baseball no matter who your team is and I'm going to be incredibly stressed out by it because I, <laughs> I for even like the whole day when we face elimination games. Any day that there's an elimination game, I'm like a complete emotional mess. So I'm preparing yeah. myself for that now. <laughs> All right, so let's do Twitter questions. Um, this is a good one. We touched on this a little bit. This is from at Uga Ooga, I don't know how to say this. O O G A M U H C S. Thank you for the good question, which is. Did this series redeem Davey as a manager? He has botched a lot these last two years, but I really do think he's managed this series almost flawlessly and has definitely earned another contract. Dusty loses us this series. Back. Is there anything you would have um, done differently?
2: So I I believe before this playoffs started that Davey was safe for the third year. I think the way he turned the season around um, he kept the clubhouse together in their very tough start. Um I think that earned him the third year, but it didn't really earn him back the fan base. Like even though they turned it around, I was kind of sitting here like, well, how much of a difference did Davey really make during regular season when he had a healthy 200 million dollar lineup every single day with the starting rotation that he did? But like we said earlier, Davey did a very very good job in the NLDS, like Dave Roberts has been the playoffs every single year that he's my manager. He's beaten uh, Davey. That's right. He beat Dusty. And then he went to two world series. Like he knows what he's doing in the playoffs mm-hmm. and he had a terrible game five and Davey also could have had a terrible game five, but Davey outmanned him in game five, which like, I, I can't really stress enough. Like I can't even believe I him... you just
0: said that out loud, but yes,
2: I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think he's, I think Davy has won back the fan base and his job is very very safe considering the fact that they won like the one thing that I can even remember that I would have done differently is when Kurt Suzuki got hurt I would have had Andrew Stevenson pinch run instead of going right to Yon Gones but like that really didn't even matter in the grand scheme, scheme of things
0: yeah I think that's a, that would have been a very good move but yeah, that was a scary moment. I'm glad that it was, like Suzuki is, it wasn't as bad. It first looked like he got hit right in the face, but it was uh, off his arm. So,
2: Absolute team player doing whatever it takes to get
0: on. Absolutely. That's absolutely. Good. All that about that great. on-base percentage, Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> OBB. <laughs> okay, so the next question is, um, at Anthony Dizzle says, despite the fact the Nats have done this in the playoffs so many times, why am I still losing my freaking mind?
2: <laughs> because yeah. we are addicted to pain. Yes, um, that is the right like, answer. It's that's that's the beauty of sports. Like you know, like there's a pretty good chance, like especially with the Nats, things aren't going to go your way, but you keep coming back, distracting yourself for three yeah. hours, get emotionally invested, and like that's just that's the beauty of baseball. That's playoff baseball. And it's
0: the sports in general. It's what makes you love it. It's the uh, it's so cliche, but it's the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. We love it all, you know. It it's is. The, yeah. It's and all of the heartbreak, all of the stuff that goes wrong, you know, with that moment when howie hit that grand slam, every Nats fan, it's it's like this I don't even know how to describe it exactly. It's like this group catharsis of of exercising that demon, you know, of of finally it happened and anybody who's been following the team through all the struggles gets to feel it's it's not just that moment, it's what it represents and and how it compares with all the agonizing moments. It's the best thing about it. Exactly. The
2: and, like, it's something that anyone who follows baseball, like, can understand or relate. Like, how how many times did, in game four, we see Jock Peterson's foul ball down the line be fair? How many times did we see someone in a big moment hit a ball mm-hmm. off the bat that we thought was a home for, home run and it's not for the Nats? Like, and it Will died Smith the home the yep. yeah. that died That's the track. There's so many things that never went the Nats' way that actually went the Nats' way.
0: And that's it exactly. The things that always happened to us finally happen for us. And, you know, as much as it, it's funny, you look at a team like like the Dodgers, for instance, who've been so dominant in the National League for so long. And you look or if you look at football, you look at the Patriots and like I bet if you're a Patriots fan, it's super fun to be a Patriots fan. Right. But is it does it feel special the way that that grand slam felt when Howie hit that? Like does does another Super Bowl feel the same way that the first Super Bowl felt? I don't think it can. I'd like to find yeah. out. But. <laughs> I don't. I just, you know, when we we've, we've got these teams in D.C. that have struggled so much and have, you know, we've gone through so much. hard whether it was the Caps with all the second-round exits, or I won't even talk about the football team—they're not worth mentioning—and you know, all the stuff that's happened with the Nats. It's, you know, it's that moment—the the finally getting to the top of the mountain. And we're not to the top of the mountain yet, but we got to a really big ledge that we hadn't gotten to before with with this uh with this win so yeah that's my answer is you keep coming back because you love it and we all love it that's why all right at Soto season says why do you think the Nats have had such a hard time scoring with the opportunities right in front of them the runners in scoring position saying has been a theme all year this
2: this was asked before Howie Kendrick's grand slam but the Nats are so infuriating in the playoffs before that moment. It's like whenever someone's on base and we're in a scoring position, they just can't get the hit. And, like, they really lacked it before. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman's home run was big. But I, I think it's kind of just like an approach thing. Like, this team had, like, the weight of never coming through in the playoffs on their shoulders. And I feel like that was always on the back of their minds. And they are trying to do too much instead of just trying to get just one run back. And we saw this year – they've been playing with house money this entire postseason they're not supposed to be here they weren't supposed to beat the Brewers. they weren't supposed to beat the dodgers and Mm -hmm. they're playing so much more calm and relaxed that they didn't let the moment get the best of them and I feel like that's why we've seen three to four absolutely huge moments for the Nats because they're so much more calm and relaxed this postseason than they have in the past
0: yeah, the, the weight of expectations is less, and and Juan Soto being the exception here, obviously, because he's come up huge in, in the huge moments, but there are a lot of veterans on this team, you know, there's been a lot made of, of that in the media, but, you know, these, the moment really isn't too big for these guys, you know, they have been in the playoffs before, they've, a lot of them have done this before, and they, they don't feel the overwhelming pressure, I think the way that a lot of times the younger guys do. And Soto is just like otherworldly. He's 20 years old and acts like a crusty veteran, like nothing puts that kid off, off, but it really is. I mean, but when this is all over, whatever happens and however this season ends, like Soto is, that kid is magic. I am so glad he's going to be on this team. And I don't want to start, start messing with Braves fans, but it would be fun in the uh, off season to do a, a, you know, like a deep dive look at Acuna versus Soto and, you know, what those two guys who are – he's another wow. incredible young player. I, You know, and I hate to say it because I can't stand the brace, but Acuna is amazing too. He's a, he's a kid that I sure – I wouldn't mind having him on the Nats, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so I think that's it for questions. We will go to our uh, Who's Mad of the Week. This is very I, I didn't update it. I yeah. didn't
2: update that. But in case this is your first episode – the Who's Mad of the Week is the person that I piss off the most on the internet. Um, in case you guys don't follow me, I'm a little polarizing. I come out hot and heavy. I like to stir the pot, and I'm very, not the 2 horn, but I'm very good at it. Um, so I get I get a lot of very funny responses because I know exactly what to say to Earth people, um, but this Who's Mad of the Week goes to all of the Braves fans who talk all the crap in the world who even when they got eliminated, were still talking about the Nats, all the Braves fans who came upset with the interns caption of best team of baseball since May 24th, to all the Braves fans who bought those stupid t-shirts of best team of baseball since May 24th, and all of them who lost their mind when the Braves finally came to their senses and were like, we're not gonna do the chop that much anymore. So a big shout out to all the furious Braves fans when the Nats lost, sorry, when the Nats won, there were a lot of them in my mentions. I tweet out the playoff series wins and a big shout out and a big thank you. We can't do this yeah. without you. Yeah. Eat it.
0: Thank soon. you for your support. <laughs> yep. And if you, you know, if you're bored now that your team's out of it, there's plenty of room on the Nats bandwagon. You know, we will welcome you to just come on board and cheer for our boys. There's
2: a, there's a lot of cheat times available for you guys.
0: <laughs> All right. I think that's got it. That's it for us. You got anything else before we wrap up?
2: No, let's do it. Let's let's
0: go win the NLCS. All right, let's go win game one of the NLCS. So I don't know when we're going to do this again. I know for those of you who listen regularly, sorry, it's been a little inconsistent lately. Our schedules have been tough. Um, but we will try to at least do a wrap-up maybe halfway through the series um, and, you know, kind of touch base on everything and see how things are going. And um, when we can work it out, we will definitely let you guys know on Twitter. All right, so um, once more doing this for the DMV Sports Network, check them out at DMV underscore S N. You can get me at a white seven, eight, seven, seven. Nick and Ryan are at DC Nat Jack and the show is at half street. High heat. Um, Check us out uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to download, uh, subscribe and leave us reviews and check out the DMV Sports Network at dmvsportsnetwork.com. Go Nats. Talk to you soon, Ryan.
2: Go Nats. Let's do it. Give me the
1: bridge now. I feel like busting loose, busting loose, give me the bridge now. I feel like busting loose, bustin' loose now, bustin' loose in the evening.